the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips, and merchandise available on my website, and that is www www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check them out on my website as well, and that is www.move-forth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. Well, today is day 28 and we will be reading Exodus 5:22 through 7:25, Matthew 18:23 through 19:12, Psalms 23:1 through 6 and Proverbs 5:22 through 23. Let's go ahead and begin with a prayer. Father, thank you for this time that we get to spend today in your presence in your word. We pray that we can be guided by your wisdom today and each day of our lives. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus five twenty two through 7, 25. Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, Why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people, and you have done nothing to, re- to rescue them. Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see that I will... Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living as foreigners, You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel, who are now slaves to the Egyptians, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his country. 
But Lord, Moses objective, my own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I'm such a clumsy speaker. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders for the Israelites and for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. These are the ancestors of some of the clans of Israel. The sons of Reuben, Israel's oldest son, were Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. Their descendants became the clans of Reuben. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shal. Shal's mother was a Canaanite woman. Their descendants became the clans of Simeon. These are the descendants of Levi, as listed in their family records. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Morari. Levi lived to be 137 years old. The descendants of Gershon included Libni and Shimei, each of whom became the ancestors of a clan. The descendants of Kohath included Amram, Isar, Hebron, and Usiel. Kohath lived to be 133 years old. The descendants of Merari included Malai and Mushai. These are the clans of the Levites as listed in their family records. Amram married his sister, his father's sister, Jochbed, and she gave birth to his sons, Aaron and Moses. Amram lived to be 137 years old. The sons of Isar were Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri. The sons of Usiel were Mishal, Elzaphan, and Sithri. Aaron married Elisheba, the daughter of Amminadab and sister of Nashon, and gave birth to his sons Nadab, Abalu, Elisar, and Ithamar. The sons of Korah were Asir, Elkanah, and Abasaph. Their descendants became the clans of Korah. Elisar, son of Aaron, married one of the daughters of Putiel, and she gave birth to his son Phinehas. These are the ancestors of the Levite families, listed according to their clans. The Aaron and Moses named in this list are the same ones to whom the Lord said, Lead the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. It was Moses and Aaron who spoke to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, about leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. When the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, everything I am telling you. But Moses argued with the Lord, saying, I can't do it. I'm such a clumsy speaker. Why should Pharaoh listen to me? Then the Lord said to Moses, Pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Tell Aaron everything I command you, and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn, so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Even the Pharaoh, even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So I will bring down my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces, my people, the Israelites, from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. When I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they made their demands to Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand, show me a miracle. When he does this, say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down in front of Pharaoh and it will become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and sorcerers and these Egyptian 
magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord the Lord had predicted. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, and he still refuses to let the people go. So go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Stand on the bank of the Nile and meet him there. Be sure to take along the staff that turned into a snake. Then announce to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, Let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. Until now, you have refused to listen to him. So this is what the Lord says. I will show you that I am the Lord. Look, I will strike the water of the Nile with this staff in my hand, and the river will turn to blood. The fish in it will die, and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink any water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and raise your hand over the waters of Egypt, all its rivers, canals, ponds, and all reservoirs. Turn all the water to blood. Everywhere in Egypt the water will turn to blood, even the water stored in wooden bowls and stone pots. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. As Pharaoh and all his officials watched, Aaron raised his staff and struck the water of the Nile, Suddenly, the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the water became so foul that the Egyptians couldn't drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. But again, the magicians of Egypt used their magic, and they too turned water into blood. So Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his mind. Then all the Egyptians dug along the riverbank to find drinking water, for they couldn't drink water from the Nile. Seven days passed from the time the Lord struck the Nile. Matthew eighteen twenty one through nineteen twelve. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seventy seven. Seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him. And he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But this creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea, east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him 
there and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery, unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, If this is the case, it is better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. Only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs, some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. Psalm 23, 1-6, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Proverbs five twenty-two through 23 An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. And that concludes our readings for today. Okay, so Moses is really resisting this responsibility that he has. He's just really not feeling confident in his ability to speak for God. And God is like, no, like you're, you're going to do this. You and Aaron, y'all are, y'all are going to do this. Take your staff, watch what happens. I've got you. Just, you got to do this. You got to do this for me. And so, um, the Nile River was very important to Egypt. It was a, a way for them to have um, just life, honestly, um, in a very dry region. And uh, they were very uh, dependent on that. And so I'm sure that it was very alarming when the water was turned to blood for seven days. So that would have been very detrimental to um, to them in that area. And so over here in the companion, why why were the sorcerers and magicians able to duplicate Moses' miracles, right? Like why were they able to do the same thing? And also why would they um, contribute to uh, the, the miracle that was happening? It wasn't something that was good for their people. It was actually something that wasn't good. So... Why would they add to that? Rather, why wouldn't they do something magical in order to take that away? Some of their feats involved trickery or illusion, and some 
may have used satanic power since worshiping gods of the underworld was part of their religion. Ironically, whenever the sorcerers duplicated one of Moses' plagues, it only made it matters worse. If the magicians had been so as powerful as God, they would have reversed the plagues, not added to them. So this comes from the companion. And let's see. Um, why did the Pharisees want to talk about divorce? Well, John was put in prison and killed. So this is over in Matthew now in 19, 3 through 12. And it definitely is a topic uh, of discussion, of reflection, of um, it's, it's definitely good to know the biblical meaning. Uh, and it's something that I didn't know. And I now, now I am aware of exactly how God feels about it. So why, why did they ask him and want to talk about it? Well, John was put in prison and killed, at least in part, for his public opinions on marriage and divorce. So the Pharisees hoped to trap Jesus, too. They were trying to trick Jesus by having him choose sides in a theological controversy. Two schools of thought represented two opposing views of divorce. One group supported divorce for almost any reason. The other believed that divorce could be allowed only for marital unfaithfulness. This conflict hinged on how each group interpreted Deuteronomy 24, 1-4. In his answer, however, Jesus focused on marriage rather than divorce. He pointed out that God intended marriage to be permanent and gave four reasons for the importance of marriage, and that is in verses 19, 4-6, for further study on that. And Psalm 23 is absolutely one of my favorites, um, and even if people are religious or not, they more than likely have heard of this psalm. It's a, it's a very well-known psalm. It's, um, you know, quoted in many different places. And it's one that we pray each night and one that I highly recommend that you start praying. And so there is a lovely uh, little breakdown in the Life Application Study Bible that I just want to share about Psalms to learn and to love. And so um, maybe you can come back to this episode and and write these down somewhere for you uh, to, to reference. And uh, so anyway, these are a couple of categories uh, of Psalms that you can always go to. And I just find it to be so, Psalms to be so helpful, especially in times of anxiety or worry or uh, fear, Um, and when I just need to be reminded of God's faithful promises, Psalms is where I go to. So here are some of those for you. Psalms to bring us into God's presence are 29, Psalm 95, 1 through 7, 96, and 100. Psalms about goodness are 1, 19, 24, 133, 136, and 139. Psalms of praise are 8, 97, 103, 107, 113, 145, and 150. And Psalms of repentance and forgiveness are 32, 1 through 5, 51, and 103. Psalms for times of trouble, 3, 14, 22, 37, 1 through 11, 42, 46, 
53 and 116, 1 through 7. Psalms of Confidence and Trust, 23, 41 through 4, 91, 119, 11, 121, and 127. So those are a couple of psalms and specific verses included in them for you to uh, reference when you need them. But uh, as I said, we pray Psalm 23 every night, and we also pray Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 is definitely definitely a psalm that I have on repeat, honestly. Uh, And I just am very uh, grateful to have finally uh, memorized that psalm, and I can just go ahead and remind myself of God's almighty power and his promises to me and my family, and may that bless you as well. It's such a powerful verse in psalm. Let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for this time today. Thank you for teaching us and guiding us in this life on what is important to you. And we just want to thank you for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness of each and every one of us. As sometimes topics such as divorce can be challenging, can um, maybe bring up a sense of guilt or shame. And we just want to thank you for your forgiveness, Father, and for loving us despite our sins and for providing for us a way back to you through the death of your own son. We pray that we can, that we can um, be humble in these times of learning, especially any of the topics that can be a little challenging for us, for our, um, for our thoughts, for our emotions, Father. And we just thank you for the spiritual growth that we get to have through understanding and and possibly getting to know maybe even for the first time how you think about things rather than how man thinks about things or how we think about it so we just thank you for days like these where we can grow and learn and become closer and closer to you father we say this prayer in jesus name amen that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.